and welcome to the Christ Table Podcast, a Bible study for those who struggle with digging into the Bible, but who want to develop a richer faith, one with some meat on its bones. I'm Kevin Young, a media guy turned minister who's passionate about helping others thrive, especially spiritually. If you're unaware, Christ Table is a movement of people returning the church to her roots, in homes, around tables, over food with old friends and fresh conversations. Check us out over at www.christtable.today. In the meantime, our study continues on the topic of perspective shift. We'll be focusing on Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 31. Let's dig in. Whenever we come to Acts chapter 8, what we have seen over the last few days in this study is that the church has been spread from Jerusalem, like the illustration that I used is rats out of a burning building, uh, to other areas around Jerusalem. Now, this was because of persecution that they had to flee because Stephen and other people were were being uh, martyred for their faith, and so they literally ran for their lives. But the upside to that is that it takes the gospel. Gospel, remember, is just simply a, an old word that means good news. So it takes the good news of Jesus Christ and what he came to teach and accomplish into areas and places that it perhaps never would have made it without that persecution. And so it kind of has an upside. If we can say that persecution has an upside, it kind of has an upside. One of the places that it ends up going to is Samaria, which is a place to which Jews had been in that time period extremely antagonistic toward. Now, that brings us up to where we are today, where we have another encounter with another individual in a different area outside of Jerusalem. And this point in time, the person who is in the crosshairs of the conversation is Philip. Philip, who is a very prominent person in the early church. So as for Philip, an angel of the Lord says to him, go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. Now, what we have here is essentially God telling Philip to go to a different place. How this happened, I don't know. Did this happen miraculously where an angel visited? Did this happen where Philip felt a sense that he needed to go in that direction and, and felt in his spirit that that sense was from God? Did God show up in a dream and tell him through this angel? We don't know. And we're going to encounter a lot of these. <clears throat> we're going to encounter a lot of these loose ends in the book of Acts. And it's important for us, I think, to not get hung up on all of these nuts and bolts and miss the big picture. And so the important thing for us to do is going to be simply to pay attention to the big picture and questions that are unanswerable um, for today or just going to remain unanswerable. So go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza, a place which today in the Palestine and Jerusalem Israeli area is very um, tense in relationships. So Philip starts out and he meets the treasurer of Ethiopia, 
a eunuch of great authority under Kendake, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and now he is returning back to Ethiopia. So there is a lot of concrete details now given in this verse. What we see here is a person who is not only very out of the ordinary for the time and the place, but is also extraordinary in that uh, this individual is very far from home, being Ethiopia, on the continent of Africa. Also, clearly color of skin and body structure would have been very different from the local Jews. Also, this individual is um, extremely prominent. You can tell that it's prominent uh, because, well, they're going to tell us in a minute why it's prominent, because he's in a great chariot. It's on his own. Uh, he is a person who's very important, and um, he's coming all the way to Jerusalem uh, to worship, which is a very long way, but for somebody who believed uh, in Judaism and believed that Yahweh, the God of the Jews, was the one true God, would have been an expectation that he come to Jerusalem regularly to worship, no matter how far away he had to come from. Now, uh, we're also told that he is a eunuch. You can do research uh, on your own as to what a eunuch was, but essentially a, a eunuch is somebody who had been castrated before adolescence, likely, and so never developed fully into a man because there was a lack of presence of testosterone in the body. And why would that have been? Well, it, first of all, it was just something that was done in those days uh, because it uh, changed both the mental, the, the physical, and the, the future outlook of the individual and, and turned them almost into a what was seen as being a third gender category, something that was not quite male and was not quite female either. And, and because they went through their entire life without the presence of testosterone and never hitting uh, maturity and, and adolescence, essentially, and the growth spurt that comes with it would have looked very different and would have been immediately identifiable, no matter what it was wearing, as a eunuch. And so he's returning back to Ethiopia to his queen. He's seated in his carriage and he is reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Now, this is a very interesting thing that I have to admit I've never noticed before. But the fact that he has the text of Isaiah that he's reading from is um, extremely out of the ordinary for him to have an ancient text. Uh, first of all, it, it's it's not until modern times, the invention of the printing press, uh, the allowing of the biblical text to be able to be given to people who weren't clergy or, or in churches is uh, extraordinary. In medieval times, a thousand plus years after this, they used to chain the Bibles to the pulpits and the churches to keep them from being stolen. And so the fact that this individual has a copy, not of a printed Bible or, or of a copy, but of a scroll in those days of Isaiah and is not in Jerusalem is absolutely extraordinary. The, the value of this, the cost of this is 
Um, I, I just, there are no words to explain this. And the fact that it is with not the queen, but it is here with, um, with the eunuch and it's traveling back and forth in, in a chase, even still today, Jewish congregations, temples, synagogues, keep these things. They're of such great value under lock and key in an ark is what they call it in, in their, in their worship facility. And so this is just extraordinary that it has a copy of the ancient text and, and it would have not just drawn Philip's attention, but it would have drawn everybody's attention as well. And, and this, this means that, that this, this dude is, is serious. That means that this dude is, is all in. Um, he's not just interested in, worshiping he's not just interested in hearing what others have to say he wants to understand and see for himself and has gone to great lengths in order to be able to have that opportunity so the holy spirit says to philip about this individual this eunuch i want you to go over and i want you to walk beside the carriage so philip philip obeys and we're going to see in a moment why that obedience is so important so philip runs over and he hears the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Now, Philip asks, <laughs> do you understand what you're reading? Why does Philip ask, do you understand what you're reading? Um, I think that Philip asked, do you understand what you're reading? Not just because the spirit of God has told him to be in this place at this time, but I think Philip asks, do you understand what you're reading? Because this individual is an outsider. This is an outsider both in this individual's ethnicity and both in this individual's um, sexual identity, his sexual experience. This is an odd individual. Uh, quite literally, this is a queer individual who is reading from a scroll of a prophet Isaiah, uh, which is the value is unascertainable in those days. And so Philip, none of this situation adds up to Philip. This is, this is pushing against the accepted norms of every cultural idea, of every social idea, of every theological and spiritual idea in which Philip has come to know and understand. So Philip approaches and says, do you have any idea what you're doing? Do you understand what you're reading? Does any of this book of Isaiah make sense? The man replies, how can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. This is a dramatic point, moment of decision for Philip. Because whenever we look at the scenario that now has been painted here in the book of Acts, this man is the wrong ethnicity and this man is the wrong gender identity. Uh, so much of what was going on in those days in, in 
not just Judaism, but especially in those Jews who were following Jesus Christ, was to keep it to themselves. They thought that it was something that is special, that everyone who is a Gentile who is not Jew was an outsider and were a second-class individual. Here, we're presented with somebody who is the wrong ethnicity from the wrong place and certainly the wrong gender identity, somebody who is... um, who's been mutilated and Jewish law had very specific requirements that kept people like this eunuch out. They weren't allowed. They weren't allowed to worship. They weren't allowed to uh, allowed to be a part of the God fearing community. Weren't allowed to be a part of all of the systems and structures of Judaism because of this mutilation. If you go back and read the Old Testament laws, this is um, this is definitive that he was an outsider and not allowed on, on the inside. We don't know what worship looked like in Jerusalem for him, but it didn't look like it would have for everyone else. This is an individual who has always been different, who has never been allowed inside, who looks like no one around him, not other men, not other women, somewhere in between. And certainly in Ethiopia, he's an outsider. And here in Israel, he is a double outsider. And so Philip has a life altering and future altering decision to make. Oftentimes, whenever we read this passage, we focus on the desired faith of the individual. This is the way that this passage has been taught to me for for years and years and years is, is, can you believe this? This person who is an outsider wants to come to Jesus. Yes. Yes, that is what this passage is about, but it's about something more. It's about whether or not the insider, Philip, is going to actually take the gospel, take the good news, allow somebody who, as we said, is the wrong ethnicity and the wrong gender identity from being a part of the clan. Is Philip going to allow this individual to join the family? And as we go forward in the book of Acts, we're going to find that there is some resistance to allowing people who are outsiders to be a part of the family, most notably Peter in Acts 10 with Cornelius. God slaps Peter around over that, FYI. Fortunately, God doesn't have to do that here. And we'll get into that a little bit more tomorrow. But but Philip has a future altering decision to make because if Philip doesn't get into the chariot with the individual, If he says, you know what, I don't want to be seen with a black person. If he says, I don't want to be seen with an African, that that, that could affect how others view me and my ability to do ministry. People aren't going to like me and they're not going to listen to me and they're not going to understand. That's going to change the trajectory of the church. If Philip says, I don't want to be seen with a queer 
person, if I don't, I don't want to be seen with somebody who's a, a eunuch, whose um, genitalia has been mutilated. I don't want to be seen with you because people know what you are because of your physical characteristics. It's going to, it's going to limit my ability to take the good news to other people. People are going to, to view me. They're not going to listen to me. I would do it, but it's going to, I just, I can't let somebody else come and, and handle this, God, it will impact not only this Ethiopian, but it will impact the future of the church itself and the trajectory that it's on. Philip has a decision to make, but this is the decision that we have to make almost every single day. Will we live out the gospel that God has called us to live out, whether it's through a vision or whether it's through a dream or whether it's through the text of scripture or whether it's through that inner voice within us? God has called us to live out the call of Scripture, to live the good news each and every day. And that oftentimes means that it is required of us to make a decision as to whether or not to take that good news to people who the religious establishment around us say, no, they're not supposed to be here in our country. Let somebody in their own country take the good news to them. Let somebody in Ethiopia minister to them. They're not supposed to be in our church. There are many wonderful black churches. There are many wonderful messianic communities. There are many wonderful places for converted Muslims to go but ours is not going to be one of them. They just don't fit in here. God, God doesn't like eunuchs. I can point to this one verse in the Old Testament that says that they're not supposed to be a part of the worshiping community. They're not supposed to be in the worship facility. This, this verse here in the Old Testament, this was, this was the law. Philip, you can't get in that chariot. You can't do this, Philip. Philip has a life-altering decision to make. And you and I do too, every single day. How we interact at our employers, how we interact on Facebook and on TikTok, how we interact on social media, Twitter and Instagram, how we interact in our schools and in our neighborhoods, who we accept and who we reject. Philip is an ambassador, not just for God, but Philip is an ambassador for every single person who is a follower of Jesus Christ. And you know what? This eunuch didn't have all of the scrolls of the Old Testament, but he was still reading. He didn't have Philip's Bible. He didn't have the letters that had written. But he's reading. He's reading the religious people. He's learning about God. And people around you, they're learning about God as well. They may not have a copy of the Bible, but they may not be reading a copy of the Bible. They may not be doing devotions or listening to these Bible studies, but they're reading you and they are learning about God from you. Just as this Ethiopian is about to learn about God through whether or not Philip gets in the chariot. This Bible study on Perspective Shift is brought to you by Christ's Table. If you'd like to join us in the study, there's an easy-to-follow guide in the show notes. We'd love to have you join us. 
You know, 65 million adults in the United States have dropped out of church, and that number will grow by 2.7 million before the end of this year. We here at Christ Table are committed to doing something about that. We're committed to creating a world where the table is once again the center of the home, the center of family life, and especially the center of faith formation again. Our mission, it's simple, to help people eat freely and drink deeply of life and of faith. Find out more about us by going to www.christtable.today. When you get over to christtable.today, be sure to sign up for our email list there. And for those who choose to donate, we've got a resource box that we want to send you in the mail as our thanks. And trust me, you're going to like it. By the way, the podcast is available because of the generous donations of our listeners and the incredible community of people who call Christ Table their spiritual home. Join us on our next episode as we continue our conversation on perspective shift. And if you'd like to watch these Bible studies live, there's more information on our website about that as well, www.christtable.today. Thanks so much for listening. We wouldn't be here without you. Until next time, I'm Pastor Kevin Young. And this is the Christ Table Podcast.